Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Ariel. All of us here at the Fumbling Forward Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988. The 988 Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for anyone in need. And if you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Like I said, it's available 24-7, and it is free and confidential. The number again is 988. And remember, you're not alone, and help is available. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me, as always, is my fellow host, Ariel. Hello. And Daniel. Bye there. Oh, God. Well, today marks the final episode of the Resident Evil live action Netflix series going discussion over topic. You wish. <laughs> I was waiting to see how long you went with that. Uh, <laughs> Too long. I ran out of words very quickly. Good. Um, and it's episode 99. Yes. One away from 100 episode. 100. Are you excited? No. Shut up. <laughs> Don't ask redundant questions. <laughs> So, before the 100 episode, I have to ask you, how does it feel to have created 100 episodes for a podcast? How do I feel? Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. Just pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Feels good. Did not think, one, I didn't even think we'd have the show like to begin with. And to be 100 episodes in is pretty fucking awesome. I mean, it is kind of an impressive feat if you really think about it. <laughs> Most podcasts don't get past 25 episodes. You think I have impressive feet? I think you have really impressive feet. That's gross. It's <laughs> really gross. How about you, Daniel? How do you feel? 100 episodes in. Um, well, I mean, it is it's still a show we've made to 100 so far, right? So far. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as we make it the other ones to 100, it'll be all good. Total-wise, we have over... A hundred. Well, total, yeah. I mean, I'm good with it. I didn't expect to be here that long either, with you both putting up with me. Didn't expect to be here this long. <laughs> Did you like Daniel really expected us to just be like, okay, episode one, you're out. All right, you're fired. Sorry, this isn't working. <laughs> your your position's been made redundant. Your position has been filled by this cat. Oh my god. Not Charlie though. I don't think he would make a good... He's a seat filler. That's all you need. He definitely is a seat filler. He's doing it right now as he's staring at you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Charles. Uh, well, at any rate, Dan, you'd want to take the floor with this, the beginning of this episode? No, but I will. With some B.O.W.s? Some Christmas bows. It's February. Bows. We're just we're working early. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-prepping. Nope. 
All right, so I'm going to go in completely different order. This is the order that I wrote these out in. So the first one we're going to start out with is the giant crocodile. Yes. Giant croc. It is a saltwater crocodile that upon being infected with the T-virus, it grew to gargantuan size. Which it was already, crocodiles are already terrible. And you now have a gargantuan crocodile infected with a T-virus. Seems to be very resilient to normal gunfire, but rockets are very good at penetrating its tough scaled hide. It was kept under sedation using ECT pulses. At least that's what they told us. Ew. In medicine that some rockets fired from Billy. So sad. Yeah, I just wanted to be Bee's best friend. Well, apparently not. She's not the bee's niece. Wow. I quit. <laughs> See, new feet, new seat to fill. Charlie? <laughs> He's on it. He's passed out. All right, the next one we have, again, these are all out of order, so if you don't like it, I'm sorry, is Mother Zero. Mother Zero is a mutated zero with capabilities to control other zeros. With a mutation-like growth attached to her neck, this zero is able to produce an enzyme to either attract zeros or mask the scent from other zeros. Though I don't think she would really use that in a combat scenario. This zero is still just as vulnerable to damage as other zeros. That is, as you, is, that is if you can get close to it. Or have gunfire. Now we'll get into our basic zero. These are T-virus infected individuals that over time have gotten an improved sense of smell while potentially losing their sight ability. They generally attack in hordes and are susceptible to normal bullets and melee damage if enough is done. Remember, don't go for the chest, go for the head. <laughs> then we have everyone's favorite, the Lickers. They're mutated zombies, or zeros, that have gone through terrible changes. They're mostly blind and attracted to sound. They have vicious claws, and apparently I didn't finish the sentence. They have vicious claws and a long tongue that has serrations along it. So don't get caught in there, especially if you are a Jack Black impersonator. Wow. I ba liked Baxter. Baxter! Baxter! Oh, jeez. <laughs> And then the last few BOWs are I'm going to combine together, which are the giant insects. So you have the spiders and the caterpillar. These are large BOWs. Almost, I would say, well, the caterpillar probably is close in size to the, probably the crocodile, I would say, lengthwise. Yeah, you could argue that, definitely. The spider, though, is just a very large spider, like eight-legged freak style, <laughs> with some of them. They're resilient as their carapaces have grown tougher with their size. Generally, massive damage or explosions will work against these large insects. They are fast and cunning in their pursuit of prey, especially the spiders. Especially when you fight them after losing men in the caves where the liquors are. The tunnels, I should say, not caves. <laughs> I do want to know how far out these POWs spread. Because we didn't get to see, like, they were all enclosed areas. I want us to see... Like, if a lot of these POWs were where she originally was doing her university work. So all we got was a caterpillar and zeros. Like, how many mother zeros exist? Right. Because you gotta think, if there was already one, I'm sure there's more somewhere else. Yes. How far does the mutation spread? And everybody, just so you know, that these are all mutations based off Joy, which has the T-virus in it after the Raccoon City incident back in the day. They didn't learn. Oh, joy. Yes. But I believe that is all I have on the BOWs. It's a shame that they didn't add one more to your list. I technically have the tyrant, but all I can tell you is that he has a massive clawed hand, <laughs> and we don't know how deadly this version of the tyrant is. I know. But if you want information on the tyrants, you can go back to our past episodes where we have the game version and the... CGI movie version of the Tyrant. So if you need to see what those versions are capable of, you can certainly see there. We just don't know what Netflix was going to do with it. We don't know what Netflix Tyrants are capable of. Yeah. I know. I'm so 
sad about that. I wanted to see that tyrant in action. I mean, I guess he's strong enough to put his hand to rubble. <laughs> so he's got some strength, some super strength. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's about it. His clawed hand might be really weak when he swings at you. So, I mean, he might not have really vicious claws. Oh, boy. Well, that is me now with characters. So, all the list of characters I have, I've honestly talked about them throughout the whole, you know, mm-hmm. plot and everything else. So, I'm just going to list them off. So, I have Billy and Jade Wesker. Albert Wesker. With Al, Bert, and Albie. We gotta mention the clones. Then we have Evelyn Marcus, Simon Marcus, Charlie, transmutation. To take Aaron's seat. Hi, Charlie. We have B and Arjun, Richard Baxter, Angel Rubio, Dr. Amrita Singh. Roth, Mother Zero, because why not put her on the list too? Tammy Isaacs, which I thought that was kind of a little nod there, her last name, Isaacs. Tammy's the bully from the school. You got Mark, Paolo, and Felix Mort. And that is the list of characters for the Netflix series. I know. Not very exciting. Just I've talked about all of them so much that I don't really feel a need to go into like in depth of them. So yeah. (laughs) Tammy Isaacs though. I did not know that was her name. Yeah, I didn't know it was like her last name was Isaacs. Did not know that. That makes it even better when Wesker Wesker came in and like well, screamed Al. at her dad. Yeah, Al screamed at her dad. <laughs> oh, You're no, not man. even going to get a job at Pornhub. <laughs> oh, God. Well, on that note, do you think it's time for a mid-break? Yep. All right. Well, we'll take a mid-break, and when we come back, we will discuss the entire series and uh, a few other things. <laughs> Well, here we are. It's all the middle in here. Oh, my God. And even get to say the part that I have to say. Gosh. I, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, So, Ariel, what's the first we thing we do? thank our patrons. That's right. Get it good. <laughs> so, we have to thank our patrons, such as our VIP patrons, starting with Banana the Bard, a.k.a. Bananakin Bardwalker, the Dog 47, Glenn Meeks, Jay Zoops, Jeremy Kelly, Lord Salad Bar. I did it again. <laughs> Oops, you did it again. Oops, I did it again. Naked Mango, Sailor Knee Glace, The Compound, The Seven Sins, Wade Wilson, William Jackson. And they have to thank our All Access patrons Awkward Kajit, Chris Slate, Remington Cloutier, and our official patrons, Quattro Hawkes, Paul Murphy, Ryan Black, and... Some random guy. Some random guy. I'm never going to get tired of that. (laughs) So thank you to our patrons. You make this show possible. It's like reading Rambo. Without you, your contributions would not make this show possible. Don't forget oh, no, to spay PBS. and neuter your dogs. Don't don't forget to spay and neuter your dogs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, thank you, patrons. We do greatly appreciate it, and thank you, listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. And I'm super excited for the next episode for all you patrons to join us. Uh, see. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Daniel, what'd you bring this episode? So I started blasting. Uh, so anyways, I started blasting. So that's not how it starts. Have you ever wanted artwork from the first Resident Evil movie, such as the Umbrella logo, to hang in your house? Yeah. Well, today you can. Didn't even let me finish. I was going to say no. I'm what? so excited. I don't listen to you, Aaron. 
You just can't hide it. it. Yeah. On Bright Roomy, you can get this canvas artwork in multiple variants. Comes in three panels, four panels, and five panels, as well as two different frame types, which are gallery wrapped and printed fabric only. It also comes in four different sizes, ranging from small to extra large. And then your prices range from $29 to as high as $249. Oh, so the price is right, huh? Can be. Shipping and tax will be applied upon checking out. So, if you want to turn your house into an umbrella property, but please don't experiment on your friends, because we're not responsible for that. <laughs> but it will become umbrella property once you start putting their logos everywhere. They don't take kindly to their logo. <laughs> but that's what I've got. Oh my god. Well, Ariel, what'd you bring? Well, I read an article, much like I always do. And the title is There are five Resident Evil games in development right now, including Resident Evil 9 leaker claims. And this comes from Eurogamer. So. This is according to notable leaker Dust Gollum, who has previously accurately leaked insider info about several then unannounced horror games like Resident Evil 8, Silent Hill 2 Remake, and Silent Hill The Short Message. <clears throat> so Dust Gollum reportedly made the announcement on Discord and literally it's just this. Yep, I know of five RE games in dev right now, including RE9. One of these projects could be released in late 2026, early 2027. Wow, we have an incredibly long wait then. I know, that is kind of long. I'm hoping maybe something comes a little sooner because that's two to three years. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's still exciting, though. I can't wait to hear what those five games are, which I know, including RE9 is one of them, but I'm excited to see what comes next, especially in the remakes. I want to I wanna know what they're doing next because a lot of signs point to five. However, like I said, in the RE4 remake, they heavily sprinkled in Dark Side Chronicles, so I don't know. You never know. And of course, everyone, everyone wants the Code Veronica remake. I don't know. You never know. And those three titles could be in, you know, with the five that they're working on. So I'm excited. Dino but Crisis. unfortunately, Dino Crisis. Yes, please. But that's all that was leaked. That's all that was said. That's all we know. Well, then. Ariel, I need you to strap in because I found the one thing of Leon that you're going to hate. Oh. <laughs> so if you go to Crunchyroll store right now, you can pre-order the Resident Evil Leon S. Kennedy Nindoroid statue that's posable. For those of you that don't know what this is, it's basically a chibi form of your favorite characters. And Ariel hates chibis. <laughs> Accurate. I have officially found something you hate of Leon. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listeners, it's actually, like, it looks really cool. It's not, like, horrible, no. awful. I just don't like chibis, and that's not my Leon, so... <laughs> But it's not awful looking. It does look really cool. Mm -hmm. The best part is it is fully posable. And it comes with different items such as the pistol, his knife. It, you know, you can pose it however you feel. And it's pretty cool. It, I think it's pretty cool. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you want to pre-order right now, you can pre-order, like I said, on Crunchyroll.com. And the current price is $57.99, unless you are a Mega or Ultimate fan. If you're a Mega fan on Crunchyroll, you save 10%. And if you're an Ultimate fan, you'll save 15%. Well, 
we're not anything cool like that on Crunchyroll. Are no, we? no. Yeah. Actually, we are. We're ultimate fans. So yeah, uh, you can get it right now for pre-order. And it doesn't give me... Oh, here. Release date is 11-30-2024. So November 30th will be the release date for this. And uh, yeah, it's... I think it's pretty cool. Ariel says it's pretty cool. It's just not her taste because it's cheapy. Y'all. <laughs> but that is what I brought for you today. So on that note, Ariel, it's the end of the mid-break. It is. So we're going to go to the rest of the episode? Yeah, we're going to go to the end of the episode right after we roll into Fan Roll Dice. Use our promo code AlmightyC10, which is A-L-L, Mighty, the letter C and 10, and save 10% off some super badass dice. They have metal and resin and gemstone and wooden and silicone and the liquid core, which are really fucking awesome. And they have other things like dice accessories such as trays and dice bags and towers and all those fun things that you need for your tabletop gaming experience so roll on over there and save 10% off using our promo code and I have several several sets of their dice I can attest to their quality and how badass they are so then you can switch on over to Nixie Gaming, use our promo code LOZLORE, and save 10% off Switch accessories. Now they have like docking stations and cables and cases and whatnot, and they also have controllers, which their new big thing is the GameCube controllers. And they have a couple different colors to choose from, their newest one being the orange. I think it's like spice orange or something like that. And they're pretty cool. I'm not a huge fan of the GameCube controllers because my hands are tiny. So if you know, you know. And But Aaron has the GameCube controller and he absolutely loves it. Now, they are cool looking. I will definitely say that. They're cool looking. So, yeah, go switch on over to Nixie Gaming and use our promo code. Save yourself 10% off your purchase. Then, last but not least, you can zoom on over to W Energy. Insert mango here. Oh. And use our promo code FUMBLING4, which is FUMBLING and the number 4, and save 10% off their energy drinks. Now, they have the tubs of the powder, and it makes out there's like 40 or 30 servings in it 30 30 so there's 30 servings within the little cans i say little but you know what i mean and you get no crashes and there's no jitters so that's pretty fucking awesome when you're trying to stay awake and you don't want that jittery awful feeling that you get that your heart is going to race right out of your chest then when it you know runs its course you don't get that bam crash and you pass out so perfect and they have a whole bunch of different hilariously named flavors so you are bound to find a flavor that you will enjoy so zoom on over there and use our promo code and save 10% off and there I am done all of our sponsors woohoo and that is going to be the end of of the mid-break. And we're back. Yas. From the mid-break. We are? Yes. I thought this was the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Tough shit. We're, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it live. <laughs> we're, I, this isn't live. You're right. Anyway, you know what is live? What? This fire discussion we're about to have. Let's go. It's still not live. Hot to the and, listeners. Live to us, I guess. spicy. Technically. <laughs> I'm done. Anyway, <laughs> discussion time. Discussion time. So, overall, overall, I really liked Albert Wesker's character, Al, Al's character. 
I thought they did a great job. And I love that they then played it off as he's one of a one of three clones. Mm-hmm. Or potentially even more. We just saw three. But, you know, you don't know. Of the real Albert Wesker, who was really Blades. Or Blade. Sorry. It was really Add Blade. S to <laughs> Blade. Seven was in the movie? Yes. So, yeah. I liked his character overall. Eh. I like Bert's character overall. We didn't get to see much of Albie, but I'm sure I would have liked Albie as well. <sighs> Poor Albie. <laughs> I guess we saw enough of Albie. I don't know. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> he was. He didn't seem so bad. Uh, so, uh, you mentioned Albert right off the shoot, and I... I want to say something about this series right off the bat. Going into this, I originally felt like they changed way too much about Resident Evil to the point where it didn't feel like Resident Evil. Locations, characters, plot lines, everything from the trailer. After watching the series, this has to be one of my favorite honestly hands down favorite recreations of the series reimaginings of the series it had so many good plot hooks so many good story hooks they had great casting fantastic casting it was just good for me all the way around and this is the first time I've ever walked into something Resident Evil reimagining and went I want more that's my takeaway from this yeah, I I walked into this fully knowing that it was a reimagining. So I didn't have a hang up over that like I did mm-hmm. with Welcome to Raccoon City because I understand I just did not like the movie even though it was a reimagining. The reason why I like this so much is cuz I already knew it was a reimagining. Mm-hmm. So I could walk in with an open mind since I already knew and I did and I actually liked it I enjoyed it there were things I didn't like about it but overall yeah and it makes sense like they even though that yes this is in a separate universe so the only character we really get is Wesker and we don't even get the actual Wesker we have a clone the whole time mm-hmm. they still made mention of Raccoon City and then this new place they're at is new Raccoon City and they still tied in some elements of Resident Evil while still making it their own, I guess you could say. They still had the T-Virus and, you know. So we didn't have to... I kind of liked that they didn't... I don't know. I wish they would have, but then again, I don't. I kind of liked that they only had Wesker... Because then you also don't have the hangups of that's not what Jill looks like and what Jill would say and, mm-hmm. you know, how she would act and, you know, all those other things. We have new people and, I mean, even technically, like, Al is a clone. He's not the real Wesker, so. Well, and they played it off so good. This is this is why I say the casting choices are really good. Lance Reddick is known, well, was known for his broad strokes of acting capabilities. And to cast him in a role where he not only played one character, but he played one character with multiple different personalities was a fantastic choice. He done so well portraying those different personalities. He did so well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and honestly, I feel like that's what allowed me personally to be more accepting to this. This new storyline because we didn't have old characters. The only old character we had was Wesker. But like you said multiple times over, it wasn't even really the real Wesker. And the five seconds of screen time the real Wesker got, he was a real dick. Like the real Wesker. Like I was I was like, cool, awesome. You he was a dick. Cool. Thank you for portraying that accurately. But it was great because we didn't have to go into this with pre-existing expectations. We could go into this as a whole new experience. 
and that was awesome. What'd you think about it, Daniel? I think a lot of things. Well, then share them. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah, you're always going to want more, and I definitely did want to know more about what happened to the original Raccoon City, because to me, like BOW-wise, we got the liquors in the tunnels and stuff, but we know most of the franchise, there's liquors and stuff in Raccoon, the original Raccoon City. So did if that's the case, I want to know how much Umbrella knew you know, from that incident of the BOWs and why that was not further, like, investigated. Like, maybe the Cerberus that we saw was... That's who I forgot, the Cerberus. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it, because if you didn't, I was gonna... The well, end of I this. was wondering, too, but I thought maybe because we've talked about Cerberus so much that it just didn't need a mention. It's not mm-hmm. resilient to fire extinguishers, so everybody knows. <laughs> Fast and able to break through glass quite easily. And somehow make it, they were down in an elevator and they made it upstairs. So how the dog made it through, unless it went through stairs, I don't know. I don't know the layout of the building. But either way, yes, Cerberus is resilient and apparently can spread the joy. I almost makes me wonder if it is a product of original Raccoon City that they brought over. Because if it's theoretically dead, then it could have still been... Like I say, a living entity, you know, still alive to experiment on. It's a possibility. Because why would you bring, why would you try and make something in your lab? Well, I mean, maybe they just did per- accidentally make it. I don't know. Eh, it is Umbrella, so. But it would be nice to have flashbacks. I kind of do want to know what the scripted season two is about. Same. Because B got taken away. And we don't know what's going to go there, what what the overall university is, and what it does. Totally, because it could be like another um, benevolent uh, force, and it just seems like it's good. She might be part of like the good branch of it, and not know that there's actually a branch out there that acquires all of this past information and knowledge, like terribly, a bad way. Well, I mean, didn't the the leader of that ship or whatever make mention that, well, if this leak of Umbrella slips, you know, that would suggest that they had footage of Umbrella being the cause of all of this. Yeah, but if it was back then, though, I don't, or, and you know, I mean, if it's in the now time frame i don't think i to me it wouldn't make much difference oh yeah it would because everybody's trusting umbrella for their protection keep in mind think about all the cities we had that were under the protection of umbrella and umbrella agents were all over the place escorting people and packages and shipments and umbrella was heavily relied on in the now for protection and transportation well, we don't know how big that network is like as far as not umbrella but like the living people Kind of like Resident Evil Final Chapter, when there was only so many cities left. Like, we don't know how far the, the T-Virus has spread. To... I think it was everywhere, wasn't mm-hmm. it? The yeah, T-Virus so, spread everywhere. So how how big is humanity left? Well, they never outright say it in the entire series, but they do imply heavily that large cities exist across the globe still of, you know, pop, you know high populations of people. Well, you have high population, you have lots of zeros. Another thing I really liked about this whole series, too, was it. this whole reimagining was what if Umbrella got away with it? Mm-hmm. And I liked that aspect because what if Umbrella got away with the whole original Raccoon City incident? This is what would happen, and I fully believe that this is what would happen if Umbrella got, got away with it. Only I feel like it would also be a million times worse because, you know, it wasn't just experimenting with T-Virus. So it would have been a million times worse, but it would have ended up like this. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I like that it was a what if Umbrella got away with it scenario. When we don't know if the other viruses exist in this reimagining either, because if it was the G-Virus, like we've discussed, the T-Abyss and the G-Virus are your two worst viruses mm-hmm. 
because the one makes monsters and then the T abyss is nearly unstoppable. Yeah, the only known virus in this is T virus. That's all they've said. I mean, we still don't know if there, you know, was more in this. That's just all they said because they said it all it was all from Joy and Joy was derived with, the, or, you know, has the T virus in it. And they never, I wonder if maybe in season two, we would have got another virus. That'd have been cool. Be nice as a virus per season. Uh, that would have been cool. <laughs> we also would have gotten Ada Wong. Mm-hmm. I was super disappointed in that big reveal at the end, but I was also really nervous for season two if they were going to do it. Now they're bringing a known character into this. Ada is probably their safest bet as a known character to bring into this because Ada doesn't really, we don't really know much yeah, about Ada. So mysterious. So as long as they play her as this like mysterious mm. secret agent. Like, yeah. Uh, I would have loved to seen what they would have done with that. Because like I said before, even if it was wasn't canon, it would have been cool to like see into her backstory even. Oh, yeah. So we would have got nothing. It was <laughs> like, this is her backstory. And it's like, this is what she does. That's it. That's it. Still don't know her background. Nothing. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> well, is there anything else anybody wants to discuss? Just real quick, not really a full discussion. I just want to say another thing that I really liked about the series was the introduction of comedy without it being too much. This is a, you know, a more serious series, a more action-packed series. So with their little introductions of comedy, such as Baxter and Burt, I think they did that pretty well mm-hmm. because it was just the right amount added a little bit more of an element to the series without going too far and just turning it into a comedy. I loved it. I love those two characters. Even if Baxter was the bad guy, it's just, he was just funny. He was hilarious. So I liked it. So there is one more thing I wanted to bring up too. I love the fact that Raccoon City 2.0 was set up like a military installation. Oh, because it was like a walled off suburb. Yes, but so for those of you who haven't been at a military installation, it's not just little, you know, suburban areas and, you know, facilities and work sites and things. It's also its own school system especially overseas, you have your own school systems and you also have your own, you know, they call them taste from home, like, you know, chilies and, you know, you have different diners like, you know, cheese, (laughs) the cheese factory and the Olive Garden. And there's different little like Burger King. You've got different little American fast food restaurants on the installations usually. So I thought it was really cool that they kind of adapted that kind of lifestyle to this particular series and made it feel more like that Jade and Billy were military brats and that the system that they lived in was more of a militaristic society especially when they're at Olive Garden you can still tell they're in that kind of little encampment area like the the base itself when you're here your family when you're here your family yeah but yeah, so I thought that was really cool. A real cool twist of Umbrella's going to more of like a militarization of the aftermath of the original Raccoon City. I thought it was kind of a cool twist. I do like that. That was that's pretty cool. I think it's weird that they named it New Raccoon City because why would you want to be in a place that's named after the city that got blown up that I the only thing I think it was like maybe some of the families there were originally from Raccoon City I mean they had to have been some of the scientists had to have been yeah I don't know I just just name it something different (laughs) new Raccoon City Uh, 
So on that note, I have a few Easter eggs to drop on you before we give our final final scores for this. You ready for this? Yep. Okay. Easter egg number one is in fact our uh, lovely little zombie puppy. Take a wild swing, Daniel, at what you think this Easter egg actually is. Not for sure offhand. So this Easter egg is actually an Easter egg that is attached to Resident Evil 1 game, one of the most iconic scenes of the Cerberus actually jumping through the hallway window. It's almost a one-for-one recreation in the Netflix series of that exact scene when the Cerberus jumps through the window at Billy. Take that, Billy. (laughs) Uh, Or was it Jay that it jumped at? I can't remember now. It's been so long since we watched episode one. I want to say it was Billy. (laughs) Um, The liquors, of course, are a nice little Easter egg. But the Hydra shotgun is the particular one I want to talk about in these scenes. Did anybody pick that up? I believe you commented on it as soon as it happened. I sure as hell shouted out immediately. It's the Hydra! (laughs) So there is a man in uh, the liquors scenes that is escorting Jade and others when they're trying to make their way to safety, who is using a triple-headed shotgun known as the Hydra. And I immediately got ecstatic over that one. But while we're on the topic of guns... And uh, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite little uh, backside evil henchman character, uh, Baxter. Do you know Baxter was using the Red Nine? Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. In fact, I think Ariel, I think you were the one that commented that gun looks an awful lot like the Red Nine I at one point. Could have. I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. So, yes, uh, throughout our time of seeing Baxter, the gun he's actually using is supposed to be a, we'll call it a sister gun to the Red Nine. It's supposed to look extremely similar, but functions slightly different. That's cool. Another one that I feel no one really needs to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway is uh, a certain piano piece. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You can't have a Resident Evil anything without dropping in the Moonlight Sonata. (laughs) So yeah, in episode five, if you pay close attention, you can hear the Moonlight Sonata playing. And the last Easter egg is one specifically for Ariel and her typewriters. Because Ariel also pointed this out. If you watch the series, pay close attention because Jade can be seen hiding away from her foes in a room with a typewriter in the fourth episode. Yeah, I made mention of that in our fourth episode or, you know, the episode number four for this because there was in... In that episode, there was a whole lot of hints at four, like little nods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was also the one where they had uh, Dr. Salvatore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, actually, that was purposely done. The room with the typewriter was purposely done that way. So that not only you as the viewer subconsciously acknowledge that room is safe, but fans can find the typewriter and, you know, particularly in that special scene. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's just a few of the Easter eggs that are in the series that I thought were notable and, you know, people might miss. So now it's time for our final reviews. So, Ariel, what are you giving it? I am going to give this four out of five Burt's. Burt's? Yeah, I thought I'd mix it up (laughs) because, I don't know, between Burt and Baxter, Burt might have been my favorite. 
But anyways, I I gave it four out of five. I really did enjoy this. I loved the characters for the most part. Loved the story. And definitely would have watched the season two if you know they hadn't canceled it. The reason it didn't get five. There was a I wasn't a huge fan of Billy and Jade their characters especially the then Billy and Jade there was way too much drama like emphasis on their drama their adolescent drama that did not fit to me this is a, a show about Resident Evil this is a show about you know all this other stuff but they put way too much emphasis on teenage drama for me and I did not enjoy that it felt out of place for me I get it they're teenagers and a tinier you know a smaller amount of like okay I'm jealous because Jade's talking with Simon and they like each other okay a small emphasis on that would have been fine for me but they played a lot of emphasis on it I feel like it was too much and I just, that part just kind of meh for me. So that's kind of why I took it down to four. And I get why they were doing it, but it felt a little slow to me too. So they could have sped things up just a tiny bit. I would have liked it better. But uh, overall, I liked it a lot. I actually enjoyed it. So it was pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> Daniel I guess if we're switching it up I guess I will do similar review as 4 out of 5 giant crocodiles <laughs> 5 and you win but uh, no I, I do agree about the drama in the past could have been lessened I wanted more flashback stuff or more video footage of Old Raccoon City to know more about what happened like I think that was a major point that they missed entirely that they could have they could have ran with that for a lot of the series before doing what they did or made the series longer yeah but I I just I wanted more information more BOWs I wanted to know what happened in the past all this hush hush doesn't work for me but other than that I overall enjoyed it thought our Jack Black (laughs) <laughs> stunt double was great when he was in there especially with the, stunt double. his two kids that were dogs Aww, little Pomeranian and all he had to do was work together with Jade and I think he would have lived in the prison but he had to ag it on but yeah no overall I, I enjoyed it I can't tell you what would have changed it to a five other than maybe more B.O.W.s and backstory, but I know they, they had what they could work with and Netflix probably was like, no, this is yeah. good here. So I understand it. Well, I'm going to give it one Albie out of five and 3.9 Owls out of five. Why? You can't forget Al and Al, Albie. You know, those two were awesome. Albie's a great father figure. <laughs> Even though he wasn't a father figure. Anyway, <laughs> what everybody else got to do their own thing. I didn't. You made it so weird. Yeah, uh, like you fine. Just nope. It's too late. Fine. Sorry. I'll make it four point nine. Anything's. How's anything. that? <laughs> too late. You've already. Made uh, I I cannot say enough good things about this. I really enjoyed the series, but you're missing that last little. Point one for me because of the drama. It wasn't enough for me to turn it off and go, I'm never going to watch season two. It was good. I like a little bit of drama in this stuff. I clearly continued to binge watch this, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But it was, I have to agree with everybody else, it was a little too much focus on the drama. And then you, we didn't need all that. It, it, this isn't a teenage soap opera. Get to the Get to the murder. Get to the get to the monsters. Get to the get to the chopper. <laughs> get to the choppers. <laughs> but yeah, so four point nine for me. 
seems like we all have the same similar issue with the show to different varying degrees, but the issue nonetheless. Too much drama. Yeah, they put way too much emphasis on the everyday normal teenage drama. Yeah. For a Resident Evil series. Yeah. But at any rate, that's it. That's it for this episode. And that's it for the Netflix live action Resident Evil one season series. <laughs> so what's next for us after episode 100? 101. Oh, God. So after our 100th episode, we are going to do the Rebecca Chambers series. Now, this is the non-canon, correct? Technically. So Technically. I I will make it canon. <laughs> yeah, so if anybody wants to watch this series ahead of time to kind of know what's going on, it's done by Carcass Studios on YouTube, and they've got it split into multiple parts, but they also have it put together as kind of one full length. They kind of split at the different episode parts, but it's all together. But it's Carcass Studios is who makes... It's called Chambers on, or on YouTube. All right. Well, that's it from us. So thank you all for listening. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the 100th episode just as much as we will. So goodbye. Hi there. I don't even know how to follow with that. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and a review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at... RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.